we're going to be talking today about online content creation, building social media presence, and producing adult cinema. I'm your host, Abigail Div, founder of The Sex Lab, an experimental media lab exploring sexuality. In today's interview, we'll explore the following. How did adult film stars Nova and Charlie get started? How is working within the niche Australian studio community? How to make the transition from studio work to independent content creation? And how large is actually a leap from self-created content to full-scale production? Uh, with me today to talk about acting, working in Australia, and producing in an increasingly online world are Charlie Ford and Nova Hawthorne. Welcome, Charlie and Nova. Hi. <laughs> oh, well, How's it going? Oh, it's wonderful. How are you? Oh, we are at a 14-hour time difference. So my morning is your evening and your evening is, is my morning. It's been a logistical uh, <laughs> challenge, to say the least, in terms of getting us all on together. Your background mm, looks much, much more so. exciting than ours. We're like pitch black at the moment and you're, you're looking like you're enjoying the sunshine today. Yeah, it's a, a beautiful, though humid and muggy uh, morning on uh, New York City skyline. So... Uh, enjoying mm. it while it's still cool uh, because it's not going to be for very long. Oh, I'm so jealous right. though. It's freezing here. <laughs> yeah, it was raining all day. Oh, that sounds uh, in some ways very romantic, but in other ways very kind of depressing. <laughs> yeah, hailstones are not romantic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I can paint a, a beautiful picture of what it would look like, but I'm pretty sure that's not what mm. you're looking at outside. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, welcome to the podcast. Uh, to start with, I thought we'd chat about who you guys are uh, and your background behind your work. Uh, so first, uh, you both are models and actors. Um, and those who are not intimately familiar with the industry uh, and all of its nuances, there are many kinds of adult modeling and acting. Uh, Charlie, you started working in media just about two years ago in 2019, both in video and photo. Uh, there's so many niches and definitely sexual interests that you can perform in. Um, how did you get started? So I came across a friend who was actually working for a bunch of different companies and they actually recommended that I give it a go. And at the time I was not ready, I found it very intimidating to be you know, naked for the world to see in video and photo. So I actually took an entire year to do my research and make sure that I felt really comfortable with my decision to essentially have myself like nude on the internet for the rest of my life. That's not a small thing to kind of decide to bring into your life. And the year went past and I don't know what it was I just felt really comfortable and I went you know what fuck it I'm just going to give it a crack so I contacted some of the companies that they recommended starting out with um, more of the amateur really laid-back girl companies people like Erstes and Abby Winters and Abby Winters was the first professional company that I shot with and then I dabbled in porn for a couple of years with companies realized that it was really hard from Australia to make a career from companies because there are no companies here um, because of our really antiquated distribution laws. And then I just went, you know what, screw this. Why am I relying on other people to build my career? I don't need to, I can make my own stuff. Yeah, certainly requires not only some ingenuity, but also a, 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 an interest, of course. Uh, so were there any prerequisites besides an interest to beginning? Not 
really, at the end of the day, in the adult industry, there is something for everyone, and that's what I really love about the industry. There is a body type and a personality and an ethnicity that will be accepted somewhere in the adult industry. So I don't think there really is that much of a prerequisite except for a love of it. Um, I think that some acting skills to a degree do help, not from the sense that you're performing or you're playing a fake character on film, but I think it makes it much easier to portray emotion if you're used to being in front of a camera or used to modeling before you actually do adult work. Sure, being comfortable in your own body uh, is somewhat of a, I wouldn't say it was a prerequisite, but it, it certainly helps uh, to feeling the, the level of confidence and embodying the personality that you want to project onto video or, or a film screen. For sure. And when I film as well, I use a lot of method acting. So even if, if I'm, for example, doing a type of film where I haven't actually experienced that storyline, but I've experienced those feelings, then I draw upon that in order to be able to try and make a more believable um, experience for people, um, which is a type of acting, but it still comes from a very honest place. So things like that do help. But ultimately, anyone can really get started if they want to. There's a, there's a place for everyone in the adult industry which is beautiful. Yeah, and speaking of acting, Nova, you had a slightly <laughs> different entrance into the adult industry and in that you were a drama student and you turned your attention from the theater stage to the online world. Uh, how did that all get started? Yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure it's as interesting as Charlie's story into the, the line of adult work, but um, it's, it, yeah, it's interesting going from an enthusiastic, confident young person, um, you know, pursuing theatre and drama and the stage and then finding themselves uh, in dance. And uh, it was a whole another media, a, a physical media on stage and performing uh, with crowds and engaging in the audience. So from that, I found that um, from home, I could create this. I didn't have to be at a club or a, a theatre or on a stage. I could be at home in front of a camera on my own, creating content for me, for the people that want to see those particular niches and, and different fantasies they have that involve me, <laughs> which was really exciting. Um, the online world is just like nothing else. I really uh, enjoy that more personalised experience. Yeah, you're literally taking the theater into your own home, uh, which is mm. particularly relevant, especially uh, as we're talking 2021 in almost post-pandemic days where most of the online media, it was once physical media um, and the stage is now streaming and screening and uh, mm. multimedia online. Uh, it's really come a long way, even within just the last year uh, based on the current global circumstances. So you've picked a good niche uh, to specialize in. <laughs> yeah, and it, I, I think it was part pandemic driven, but um, I think I must have predicted this uh, future in the industry. So I, I jumped on in about January before coronavirus was really a, a known thing. And um, I just, just got on early and, and got in there and got started. Yeah, being an early adopter is definitely mm. comes with its risk and, re and high return, of course, as well. Speaking of risk and return, uh, there are a lot of adult companies, but there's only a few when you think of Australian ones. Uh, there's Girls Out West, there's Fek Erotica, Abby Winters, just to name a few of them. Um, they're all known, but again, they're in some ways in their own space. 
Charlie, you started out actually working, as you were saying, with Abby Winters. How was the experience working with such a known studio? It was really interesting because I think my experience my experiences between different companies all vary a lot. So with some companies, I find it to be almost a little bit more clinical, their approach towards filming. They'll have really specific um, lists of shots that they want. They want a close-up of a butt, and then they want a wide of a butt, and then they want a close-up of a pussy, and then they want a face shot, and then they want a back shot. And the photographers and the videographers have to tick off a bunch of things in order to be able to produce what the company wants. And then there are other companies that are a lot more organic and they'll have like a general storyline that they want to follow, but it's not a set of a process and there's a little bit more organic nature to it. So I find working for companies really interesting because it does change depending upon who you work for. Yeah, Nova, uh, you've done a lot of studio work as well, starting off again within the online world and Reddit and online forums, and then progressively getting more involved. Mm -hmm. uh, did you know what to expect when you started shooting with studios? Uh, I guess I don't jump into things lightly. I'm very much a researcher. So I definitely was on the forums looking at who is this company? Who works here? What are they known for and who's worked with them and, and chatting to people who have shot with these companies or been involved in their projects. So I definitely sussed out all, all uh, avenues and uh, people's experiences before I agreed to take part in something. Um, for me, that's just ensuring that I'm going to be part of something that I'll look back on and go, yeah, I was part of that and that was really great. I don't regret working on, on that project. Yeah, certainly doing your research and having your your check boxes checked before you dive into something that's really a career changer uh, is yeah. it's definitely something that I would suggest anybody who's dabbling to say the least into any line of work that you need to make sure that you, you know exactly what you're getting into. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, particularly, okay. within, particularly within the adult industry when there's still, you know, some stigma attached to it, people really should understand what they're, um, you know, I mean, the world, the adult industry is a beautiful place, but we'd be kidding ourselves if we didn't say there's still stigma around the work. So I think it's really important that people do that research before they jump head in. Yeah, most definitely. Um, in terms of having done your research and then also having produced with these companies, um, you've both done multiple movies with Australian-based studios. Uh, it must mean some good things, right, if you're doing them multiple times. Do you get cast for these or do you get to choose your roles at this point? We're still, well, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know if I can speak for Nova, but I'm still cast. So they still approach me. Um, and although when you're sometimes on set, if you say, oh my God, this would be a great concept. Sometimes it'll sneakily pop up a couple of months later. For the most part, they normally have their own set processes that they like to follow. Um, which is why as much as I love working for companies, I also love working for myself because then I get to explore all the, sh the stuff that those companies aren't touching with me, which is kind of fun. No, but do you find the same? Uh, are you finding yourself be still getting casting calls for them or is there some amount of personalization or customization in the roles that you're playing? Yeah, yeah, I think I think the right word to put to it is personalization. Like Charlie said, I agree. I think I've been on set and said, I'd love to get stuck in a washing machine. And um, yeah, a couple couple months down the line, I'm, I'm cast for a role where I'm stuck in a washing machine. It was dream come true. Um, but for sure, when, when you're starting with these small companies, I remember first going in, first interview, I was asked, 
do you have any special talents or special interests that you might like to include in a shoot? So I thought that was a cool space to be able to put down different things like, I like this style of dance or I'm into uh, this light up poi. So like if they want to film something where I'm using some light up equipment, how fun would that be? I really, when I, when I answered that question, I didn't really think about it that much. And when they asked me that question um, with Girls Out West, I said, oh, I pole dance and I love to dance. And then, you know, cut to three months later, they throw me into like a dance solo masturbation video where I had to like dance on my own <laughs> solidly for like the length of a song. I watched it back and I just, I could not stop laughing because it is the funniest shit I've seen in a long time. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. You have to be careful what you say to them because they'll latch onto it if you say that you're yeah. good at something. You want to do something. It may not take exactly the interpretation that you intended it to, uh, is what it sounds like. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> or you may get more than what you asked for. It was still Absolutely. so much fun, but my lord, it was funny to watch. Yeah, it's definitely like one of those uh, learning experiences of uh, what to ask and what you'll receive back in return. <laughs> mm, mm, for sure. And maybe, maybe you build a new skill set as now a, a dancer too. Well, apparently my latest skill set is licking armpits is what I seem to have become mm. known for bizarrely. I don't know if you found the same thing, Nova, because it's often when you and I are filming together actually. But I, I was on Twitch literally last night and some someone was on there um, – talking about my armpit licking. <laughs> I was like, when did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> what did it become known as the armpit licker? <laughs> I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're going to be known for something, that's a pretty good one to be known for. Yeah, there's much crazier things that I could be known for than armpit licking. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, what a teaser. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've also uh, both been, as you were saying, co-stars together. Uh, did you know each other before you were on set with one another? Well, Charlie approached me the first time we met. So I think the first day I met you, I rocked up to shoot a scene with you, Charlie. And hi, I'm, I'm going to be your scene partner today. <laughs> so that was an interesting way to meet. But um, I feel so like, I've, yeah, it, <laughs> it was incredibly fun to meet someone the first day and then have them on the kitchen counter. Hell yes. <laughs> yeah. It's a great first date. <laughs> Amazing meeting. Beautiful meet cute. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Well, you two certainly have exceptional chemistry with one another. I, so I don't think it was a bad casting. Yeah. Yeah, we just get along really well, both on set and off set. Nova and I have hung out a lot outside of filming as well, and we're just really good friends and get along. And it, it's like so lovely that such a good friendship can come from that one time when I found you on the internet and we're like, oh, she's really cute. And I think that I'd get along really well with her. And I reckon we would have so much fun fucking on camera. <laughs> so Look, I, I think Charlie, I can't, I, I can't say I haven't been scrolling through our social media and seeing that little picture of us kissing for a, for a video and um yeah. I think oh isn't that so lovely I know <laughs> I get warm and mushies whenever I work with her oh that's so sweet you definitely have an intimacy with one another that it, that feels very authentic and very genuine uh which I think is Good, ultimate, yeah the, the the objective of the entire scenes that you're creating uh to create some genuinely interesting sexual mm -hmm. 
energy. And that definitely comes off in, in the scenes that you're making together. I think that's the beauty of Australian porn, though, because we don't have a lot of companies. The industry, by and large, is created by the performers that are in the industry. And it's created by people choosing people that they want to shoot with and finding a place to do it and then doing it. And there's not big budgets, necessarily. It is more indie or amateur. But the chemistry, because we have so much control over who we are with and what we're doing, like it's a whole other level compared to a lot of mainstream porn that I see. And I think that's why Australian porn is so unique and so revered you know it's kind of placed in its own category in the porn industry and i think that that's part of the reason why people are so attuned to it yeah i think there's there's definitely a, this feeling of uh, as you were saying personalization uh, of the work that you're doing and also the customization because you're working within a, a, a smaller subset uh, of not only actors and actresses and film companies but also with each other so there's a lot more developmentally that can happen in terms of relationships that you have with one another as you end up working with one another on a more routine basis, uh, which is excellent for creating good content, good relationships with one another, which you both have. Um, but shifting to your personal work, you're making and building, as you said, Nova and Charlie, both independent businesses uh, where you wear multiple hats uh, and delegate multiple tasks, similar to a lot of creators online, you become not only the talent, but the marketers and the customer service and the content distributors as well. So having good time management skills are essential to understanding not only the market, but also what's making it and breaking it today online um, and what products to get in front of the right eyeballs as uh, the case may be. Uh, what made you step into making your own content, Charlie? I just wanted to be shooting more than what companies could offer me realistically. It wasn't necessarily a money-driven perspective. I think in Australia, you don't necessarily come into porn to make money because there's not a huge number of companies to work for. And you've got to think, when I started, this was the pre-OnlyFans, pre-just-for-fans time. There, there weren't subscription sites that you could necessarily jump on and sign up to be able to have your own content placed up. So at the time, there were only companies to try and approach. And I just realized that I wasn't doing the thing that I wanted to do because I just didn't have enough access to companies from my country. So I just went, you know what, I'm just going to do it myself. Um, and it was just been an organic, slow, small growth from me shooting my own stuff and then, you know, subscription sites coming up and me putting content on there through to hiring a videographer every week and having makeup artists, having boom operators. And then um, my more recent extension was into producing for external companies. Um, so it's kind of snowballed into a place that I wasn't expecting, but I'm really grateful for. And there's big plans for the next six months, I guess, to, to hit the next level in my business anyway. Yeah, certainly milestones of achievement. And Nova, you also film and have your own production set uh, at home, uh, as a lot of content mm -hmm. creators do, you know, being twitchers and being streamers uh also mm -hmm. making custom content uh you have you wear many different hats as well what made you step into DIYing all of your work yeah making my own content made uh made sense to me as a decision in going from dancing in in clubs and on stages to what's next from here um and creating content was next for me. And yeah, I did make the leap from, from dancing to creating content for subscription sites. And the subscription sites, I just jumped in. 
had made social media content before, but nothing like this. And I thought, uh, yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's jump in. And it's evolved from that. It's funny scrolling back to when I first started producing my own content and um, see how it's changed in such a short amount of time. And my latest kind of um, thing I'm looking into is, is VR uh, videos and custom, custom movies in VR. I just think that's the coolest thing. And I cannot wait to start creating them because I can't think of many places you can go and uh, make your own VR films um, for order by someone who's asked for it. <laughs> And certainly the uh, the market has changed a lot from what was a few hundred dollars for a headset uh, and VR equipment to what is now, you know, extremely accessible as, you know, once was cell phones uh, were free. Only those who had the money to spend on a, a mini computer is now accessible to, to the masses. It's the same thing as VR is what was once super niche technology has become much more open. So it's going to be interesting to see how VR porn evolves over time and what mm. people pick up in sort of trends uh, or, or not from what it's currently being produced. Um, as it is a different medium in itself and has different capabilities in terms of what it can and cannot do uh, online. And also the platforms that it's available on. Uh, speaking of which, there's many ways you can share your content um, and that's constantly shifting as platforms gain popularity and lose popularity. As a base, where did you uh, start Nova in uh, sharing your content? What sites, what services? Yeah, yeah. Well, from humble beginnings on Reddit, <laughs> um, I, I did use I did use uh, OnlyFans as a platform, um, and I'm I'm still using that now and and finding it's it's uh, the structure of the site is is great, but I think um, as these technologies change and different uh, websites become available, people are going to realise that. There's different different formats to be putting your content onto and finding different creators. Um, but at the moment, where I think it's kind of a, a time where it's at a tipping point, in seeing where content is able to be hosted and where people are going to find it from, as well as things like complicated payment processes, where um, isn't always accessible to everyone and is safe and sticks around. So for me, platforms the changing mediums, I'm taking it each day as it comes because I'm not sure what's going to happen, uh, what company's going to announce changes. So uh, one day at a time, I say. Particularly at the moment, there's been a huge amount of legal reform in a lot of countries worldwide at the moment. You know, Australia just had an e-safety bill passed that has the ability to potentially change the landscape of our adult industry and the worldwide adult industry. Um, and we won't really know until we see it play out as to how the government is going to use that. I know that America's been through some reforms relating to adult content. Uh, MasterCard and Visa have gotten very heavy handed. Um, in the way that they approach companies for, and rightly so, for illegal and child pornography content, but they've approached it in a very non, a very discriminatory way and not based upon the research that came out at the same time. And that's causing huge problems for certain 
sites um, in the channels that they have in order to process payments. And then payment process gateways in general are just always so difficult and they're always constantly trying to keep up with all these legal reforms. You know, the fact that the subscription sites at the moment, particularly the more major ones, are going through difficulties with payment processes and um, reviews of how content is created and the forms that prove identity and consent. Like it's an ever-changing landscape. Uh, and so it's a really hard industry to work in in a lot of ways because you really have to be on your toes about all that legal shit and you have to be able to work your business in a way that adapts and kind of goes with the flow with all of the changes. Mm -hmm. I think you definitely need to be ready to jump ship uh, knowing that you may have to switch platforms at short notice, knowing that that's a real possibility that you, you could be deplatformed. Yeah, there's nev never... Um guarantee uh, when it comes to working, especially within porn and adult content, that your content is going to be able to stay online. Uh, having the uh, the challenge, if you will, and putting that lightly in terms of being able to distribute your content on social media platforms is already well known within uh, content creation of, you know, like uh, somebody's hair is flipping and that's marked as being explicit content. It's becoming more and more uh, restrictive um, as it also things oscillate and open up again. And that's, you know, mostly by social norms and behavior. Um, and then also by what larger scale platforms have to cater to in terms of the masses, you know, and looking at who's looking at what content where um, and covering all of their legal uh, criteria so that they don't also have their wrist slapped at the same time. It's not an easy um, balancing point to try and hit between the two things. So everyone wants to know the secret sauce, if you will, the secret recipe for success online. You advertise in X and Y to drive traffic and purchase your content on Z, but it's not that simple and it's certainly not that straightforward and linear. Um, have you found, Charlie, that there is a recipe that works for you in terms of getting your content in front of the right people? I don't think there's a recipe you can follow because because the landscape changes all the time, you have to adapt what you're doing as well, I guess. Um, I learned very early on that if I'm going to do something well, I need to hire someone who knows how to do it well to do it for me. I know the value and not necessarily doing everything myself. And as much as it pains me to fork out a lot of money for other people to manage me from a marketing perspective or a social media perspective or, you know, building website perspective, I know that there's so much value in getting someone who's done it for 10, 20 years to do it for me instead of me trying to do it on my own. Um, so that's the secret that I use, which I don't know if it's much of a secret, is using, you know, professionals in order to to make my stuff look the way that I would imagine it to look. No, but do you find the same mm. uh, in terms of resources and, and use of time management? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, Charlie, I resonate with what you just said. Absolutely. Uh, finally admitting that you can't do it all yourself. There comes a point where you need to start finding someone with more knowledge than what you have uh, to be able to do something really well. Um, but on, on my production side, I guess that's quite, quite just uh, myself at the moment um, and finding advice and expertise when I need it. Uh, but producing myself means... I spend a lot of time reading and researching, being very thorough, um, but then also distributing that information to help other 
small creators that may not have learned what I've already learned. So saving them a bit of time in the process. Yeah, there's certainly uh, something to be said about getting something out of the box versus having to build it from scratch and having that learning curve of not only teaching yourself the skills that you need, but also then realizing that there may be somewhere or someone who already has that skill set that you can really, um, you know, quasi outsource that work to um, that can do mm -hmm. it just as proficiently as you can. And it's hard to to come to terms in some ways to like the the cost of doing that because you're like, well, I can do it myself. I know how to use social media. I know how to to tweet and and post and like and comment and subscribe to things. But then you realize also that's a lot of time. There's a lot of effort that goes into that. And somebody else <laughs> yeah. may be able to do that for you as well. And that's not mm -hmm. a bad thing. Well, and speaking of managing and assessing your use of time, you both have grown your online presence and audiences over time. Uh, you're not only performers, social media mavens, but you're also producers and directors um, stepping not only in front of the camera, but also behind it. Um, let's say though that we take the hands of time and we take them back uh, to the moment when you were first producing. What scene would you shoot? Uh, what, what are some of your favorites from either custom requests or scripts that you've had in the past that you would decide I want to do I would do that myself? I've shot everything that I've wanted to shoot and I always have a I have a list a little document that sits on my computer that I'm just slowly ticking my way through so to be honest I don't think if I wound back the hands of time I'd do anything different because I've shot all of the things that I wanted to. I remember when I first started, all I wanted to do was shoot a six and with a bunch of friends and managed to kick <laughs> that one off, for example, with a certain we, someone we that's in this chat. <laughs> it was so, great fun. I, I, whenever I get an idea, I tend to tackle it pretty full on. It's just a matter of when it'll happen and having the right contacts. I find that often if I can't do it now because there's a block with a location or a block with a performer, I find that you know, one month, three months, six months later, the perfect person comes along that solves that issue and it's about the right place at the right time and the right people. So um, I, I have plans to do my first feature film, which is going to be a ginormous undertaking. It's going to cost me about 50 grand quietly. Um, but I'm really excited for that. But that's something that um, it's not really winding back the hands of time. It's in the process, but it's something that I've wanted to do from the very beginning that I'm working on. That's not a small undertaking, certainly from working <laughs> with shorts and uh, scene scripts, uh, mini vignettes to feature length film is an entirely different level of production. Uh, so uh, we're waiting with bated breath to see how that comes along and the evolution, uh, maybe it's a teaser to what's coming in the future. I'm uh, waiting to see how it comes along as well, let's be honest, <laughs> it's a big job. It's a big job, yeah, it's no small undertaking to, to make from you know very custom content to doing feature length work which requires a much larger production company and set uh, to obviously get off the ground so it's it's exciting news to hear that that's going in in the works for sure uh innova let's say that budget is not an object what would you include in a scene or who oh my goodness okay I, I have <laughs> uh, definitely Charlie Ford. I think she is amazing. <laughs> I think as, she as she points at herself. Um, but uh, I just, I just had this novel idea that 
I know that on my phone in my notes section, I'm keeping a list of uh, actors, uh, characters, people that uh, people say that I'm a doppelganger for. Um, so I've got this giant list of about 15 people that say, you look like this person. And often I don't see it, but sometimes I go, okay. But uh, secretly they are all just redheads, as am I. So <laughs> there's that. But I think how fun would it be to produce something where I am cosplaying as every single one of these characters at <laughs> a, a mini series of Nova looks like this person. One of them is like um, a character from, uh, what is it? Uh, Jurassic World. <laughs> <laughs> so so cosplaying as someone from Jurassic World is uh, very interesting, but I could if I could do something a bit more, uh, a, a series of characters, I think that would be really fun. Oh, I, I, I can already imagine it. I have this image in terms of when you said cosplay just now of you like being Thelma from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever <laughs> been from premise with that, <laughs> but that would definitely be something you could cosplay. Yeah, yeah. I'm also inspired sometimes by my my outfits. My 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 fashion tends to be quite varied, but I, I was wearing something quite comfy, and I go, "Oh, this reminds me of uh, the Babysitters Clubs, the book the books I used to read." I'm like, you know what? What if we did a a revisited version of of this inspired by this era? Oh, that would be excellent. You know, like the throwback mm. to like the early '90s and uh, mm. uh, like young adult uh, novels <laughs> and cinema. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you could get all the rom coms too into that as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's an excellent idea. Oh, well, you know, maybe again, also a teaser for future content of inspiring somebody else to to give you that big budget uh, that you don't hopefully, have to worry hopefully. about. Hopefully, yeah, I hope so. Well, wonderful. Uh, and thank you both, Charlie and Nova, for joining me today to talk about social media, online presence, and building your own content. Uh, thank you both for taking the time and staying up on a late, late uh, Melbourne, Australia evening. Welcome. That was no a joy. problem. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Wonderful. And if you like what you hear, join me again next time for another feature on The Sex Lab. <laughs>